Hi, Emil. I'm Aday. Welcome to another episode of the Peter Bowles Conversational Cul-de-Sac. So, our first episode of the Peter Bowles Conversational Cul-de-Sac, Brown Sitcoms, generated quite a bit of interest. Yeah, very, very popular, actually. Yeah. And, st- and still is. And still is. But we had a lot of people giving us really good feedback, but saying, where was this? Where was that? <laughs> and wanting, wanting other episodes with more There's Brown There's so much Brown. There is so much Brown. So, welcome, one and all, to Brown Sitcoms Revisited. Yes. Now, I want to start with... No, you're not too familiar with this one, are you? Hmm. The Gaffer. Yeah, um, I've heard of it, certainly. Uh, I've not, I don't think I've ever seen an episode, I'll be honest. Well, Bill Maynard, only three series, 20 episodes. Okay, okay. So it didn't run for a long time. But yeah, I mean, very brown. Very brown. <laughs> it was set in a northern engineering firm. So, okay. Yeah, it was very dark, very dingy. But yep. my abiding memory of it is the opening titles where he's driving around and he's really old... Rover P6 chucking all the parking tickets out the window. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you remember that. No, but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, Bill Maynard, suit, hat, real grumpy, trying to keep his grotty so, little firm going. Well, I was going to say, what was he in the show? Was he a, was he a manager of a factory? Or? He was the owner, come manager, come gaffer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of this engineering firm, and it was about his um, trials and tribulations of trying to get money and pay his debts, and okay. union shop stewards always going on strike and that sort of thing. Ah, see, I, ironically, I think <coughs> the only time I've ever come across this is on a particular DVD website that does a lot of the programmes we watch, and um, I think they had the the front cover. It's been released for sale, and I, I know him as Greengrass. Yeah. <laughs> and I know him as Greengrass from from Harvey, and also from Carry On Movies Carry on back Fields. in the day. And yeah. That's you know, I, that's the sort of things I know him from. Um, and I didn't know about this show until that. I'll be honest, but you, you obviously do. You know, you know, you know about it. Yeah, I mean, it's something I remember seeing as a kid. Always try to hunt down DVDs, whatever now available, but yeah, weren't so but freely only available. only fairly over yeah. the last couple of years or so. However, all episodes, as far as I'm aware, are available on YouTube. So I oh, really? just rewatched them on YouTube. Oh yeah. really? And it's very of its time. <laughs> very. I might, of its I might time. have to go and, and, and watch some of those because like I say I, I I don't think I've ever seen any of it. I'll be honest, none of it at all. Well, mate, it's well worth a watch. Now, obviously, you touched on Bill Maynard being mm. in the uh, Carry On films, along with another colleague of his, Terry Scott. Terry Scott. Now, now this leads me nicely yes. onto one of your favourites. It is Terry and June. Terry and June. But it was uh, originally Terry and June, was it? No, originally it's it's a bit of a strange situation. Basically, Terry and June broadcast on the BBC, very successful. Off the top of my head, something. Like like nine series, I think it was. But before that, again, also on the BBC, Terry and June um, started in Happy Ever After. Yeah, so you tell me so I have no recollection yeah. of it whatsoever. It also very successful. Ran for about six series before it. The story behind it is, um, Happy Ever After was, was the first show. Terry and June played Terry and June... I think it was Fletcher, I think was their surname yeah, in that Medford one. Medford, Medford and in Terry and June, June but yeah. they were Terry and June Fletcher in Happy Ever After. They ran into this situation, kids had left home, and they had um, June's aunt come to live with them with her minor bird. <laughs> but the, the basic okay. synopsis was extremely, yeah, it was very much yeah. the same. And what happened was, the show, the writers, had decided after six series or whatever it was, enough was enough, and they, they, were can- they were getting rid of the show. But BBC were getting such good ratings, they didn't want to cancel it. So what the BBC did was... They rebooted they, it. They basically restarted <laughs> it, changed their surname, moved them from... I can't remember which one. One of them was set in Purley, one of them wasn't. I think the first one was set somewhere else, and then they moved to Purley. Mm-hmm. Changed their surname to Medford, got rid of the aunt and the minor bird, bizarrely, which was an incredibly popular feature of the first series. And that's Terry and June was born for another nine series. Yeah, of just comedy escapades in the suburbs well, of... Uh, my abiding memory of that is Terry, she comes out with the drinks on the tray at the beginning yep. and he sits in a chair and the chair collapses. <laughs> oh, hilarity. Yep. June! 
June. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, what's interesting though is having watched. I've re-watched them all recently. Uh, Terry and June always remember Happy Ever After. I knew about but I'm not sure I'd ever seen them. Having watched both series recently, there's some episodes from the original series, Happy Ever After, that were basically reworked mm. into Terry and June. Despite the fact there was a different writing crew and all this, they basically reworked the episodes. I mean, uh, one of them almost identically. Yeah, so what you're saying is they uh, were struggling for ideas and just rehashed. And they just plagiarised the original series, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like you do, yeah. Like you do, but I, I love those. I mean, like I say, 15 series, I think, between the two, all in something like that. 15, though. 15, a lot of Episodes. How did they stretch that out? I think Terry Scott as an act, well, I think he, he was quite good. I think it ended in 1987, I think, when the last Terry and Jim's broadcast, something like that. Obviously, the landscape of comedy had changed a lot in that period and maybe yeah, that's a grown stale somewhat. Suburban slapstick. I think Because so, I suppose the alternative comedians were coming in by then, weren't they? They started like, they Rick were. and Aid and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, so. you think of Vic and Aid, they, you know, they sort of uh, were around, oh, I don't know, 1982, something like that. So mm. they'd been bubbling for a few years mm. and they would normally play, you know, sort of slapstick approach to that sensible comedy like Terry and June that family or intended comedy they'd, they'd mock it and that's what they did but I love Terry and June and Happy Ever After <laughs> I, I do it's, it's it's a soft spot for me and and very brown oh, brown touching on beige I reckon yeah I think I think beige is an acceptable reference to brown yeah I think when it comes okay. to these sitcoms I mean you think of beige and surely ain't half hot mum sand yes. very beige well I was going to come to that because obviously the sad demise recently of Windsor Davis yes. so we needed stuff very sad that. yeah Yeah, but that was obviously set in the army the uh, army entertainment corps or something like that yes like that's a, right yeah the um, troops in, the troops entertainment troops, uh, yeah. troops in India in World War 2 I'd call that khaki yeah Khaki. Uh, I call it khaki. It's yeah. the army. Brown sitcoms plus beige and khaki <laughs> sitcoms here, so it's fine. Yeah, that, that's okay. That counts. Windsor Davies, brilliant character. Obviously, the idea behind that show was him wanting to get the guys fighting. That's what he was. He was an arm, an army ser- sergeant in that truest sense. Well, he was a proper dr- sergeant major drill, drill instructor. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, I've got some. That's eight series, fifty-six episodes. Again, you just wonder how many episodes. How did they stretch that eight <laughs> series? I mean, really? Because <laughs> yeah. also, again, there's a lot, of, a lot of comedy crossover. Yep. You've got Mike the Barman for Only Fools and Horses. Was it? Yeah, I think one of the most famous, Mike yeah. the Barman. Yeah, absolutely. Mike the Barman. George Layton, uh, who wrote, yes. Don't wait up. The sitcom with well, Nigel Holmes, Tame Britain, I, and was also an episode of Minder. He was. I think. I think I'm right in saying that he actually left. He ain't half Mum after the first or second series. The, the character left hmm. and obviously so did the act because he wanted to go into right also some, some weird crossovers uh, bizarrely on another one he was also played one of two Australian villains in two episodes of The Sweeney oh, so he got uh, around a bit it, again traditional 70s fair in yeah. terms of what programmes he's sort, of, he sort of done bit parts in and of course Ain't Our Fault Mum also spawning a UK number one single <laughs> with uh, Windsor Davis and oh Donna Stell Donna Stell yes. remember the name of the song the, was it like whispering grass? Whispering like grass. Yeah. Yes. With little Don singing it all serious in his like baritone kind of yeah. And voice. Then Windsor just doing a few sort of lovely boys in the background. <laughs> it works. It works again. Well, it obviously worked with the public. We discussed earlier. We we touched upon briefly. Carry on, stalwarts. Again, Windsor Davies. He was in them as well, doing Hernest. 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 Yes. Even Jack Douglas as the little double. Yeah. A lot of carry on crossovers. We noticed from a lot of these uh, a lot of these films and TV programs. So how are we feeling about some others do have them? That was another one we had to ask about. When you look at what he wears, very brown. Oh, yeah. um, the brown flared corduroy sort of trousers. That he, I think there was, you know, like a pink wing collar shirt maybe knocking around. Yeah, and a, a tight tank top, tight sort of knitted tank top over the top. <laughs> I love a tight knit tank top. <laughs> love them. Um, that only ran for three series, twenty three yes, episodes. That's right, which included three Christmas extended episodes. Yeah, so how did that not stretch out as much as the others one? I suppose there were so many situations that he could have been in. I, I personally think it was him as an actor. Now, I don't know the full ins and outs. 
I have a feeling that he wanted to move on to other things. Obviously, we all know that he went on to do theatre yep. and big productions, non-comedy. Yeah, Phantom was the yep. big, the big, the big one, I think. So I think he moved on to do other things. He grew, outgrew the show. My defining image of him is always on the roller skates, going yes. down the road. <laughs> is it the removals truck or the bedding? I think truck he goes he... into the mattress bedding yeah, that's truck, it. and then all the feathers flying. And the puff of feathers out the back end yeah. as, as he goes. And in. Yes, the yes. cats on a whoopsie. Yep, the beret. Ooh, Betty. Yep, yeah, all those rain things. Coat and a bear. Another raincoat. Love and <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of raincoat. Combo, but <laughs> we've done that one. <laughs> we've touched um, on club already. It's fine. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh Betty. I've done yeah. a whoopsie on the carpet. Yeah, yeah the cat done a whoopsie on the carpet or yeah. something. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it worked. Let's be honest. I must admit, I st- if I was to watch one of them now, I would still laugh at things. Yeah, see, I'm different. I, if I watched one of them now, he'd annoy me too much. I, I, I don't want to slap him. And no, say, I, sort yourself out. You're I married. Admit. You've got a baby. Yes. In later episodes. Yeah. Sort yourself out, man. I do admit he, it is an annoying character, but <laughs> I, I personally can't help but sort of laugh at him, right? and not laugh at him in a, in a detrimental kind of way. I just do just laugh, laugh at situations he's in. I take it for what it is, basically, a bit of slapstick. Now, uh, onto another one of your favourites. On the buses. <laughs> yes. Um, we had a couple of people asking about where's that. Yeah, it was asked. About, I mean, I can't think of this as brown. I think this is red because of the buses. But you know. Well, you say that the buses were green were in the they? TV series. Yes. So, I bow to your knowledge. Um, in the TV series, the Luxton and County, or Luxton and Bus, Luxton Bus Company, but essentially it might be and County. I'm not quite sure. Apologies, uh, Luxton District, perhaps. Quite local to us because they used the Eastern National buses. It, they're real life buses yep. that were were in service. There was one that it's quite a famous one that was driven by Reg Varney because Reg Varney did actually take a bus driving license, he it, the public service license, whichever it was called back in the day. He actually took that license just so he could drive buses for bits of the show. Yeah, only very small bits, like anything, a lot of studio, but on the on locations occasionally and one the bus that he actually drove there was they were bristol Odeckers and take my word for that one i do know about these things sadly um <laughs> yeah, and they, they were basically eastern national buses they were real buses are in service the exterior shops for one of the bus stations in the earlier episodes was an eastern national bus garage at wood green wood green okay and they actually just put their logos over the original east national logos yeah ironically in some shots you can still see the low the east national logo on the buses they haven't actually covered it up properly oh, continue um yeah but I, so i go for more black and white and obviously early episodes in black and white as with some of the later ones they sort of mixed in a, a little bit during um color strikes and these various yep. things that happened in icv back in the day but i think this is rare because this was an itv comedy program which lasted for seven series. Yeah. ITV weren't renowned for making comedies. Mm. Not overall. I think the BBC was more comedy-driven than, than ITV. Yeah. Or LWT or, or all its predecessor, ATV and its various yeah. predecessor names that they used to use. Effectively ITV. And um, but this is one that lasted. I mean, seven series and three feature films. Now, yeah, this of, might... Of various quality. Yes, this yeah. might be why you thought Red because the buses in the, in the films were Red. It was a completely different company they drove for. It was the town district. Completely different bus company, different kinds of buses. The basic synopsis or the basic kind of vibe was there. It was Stan, it was Jack, it was Blakey. They were the three constants. Yeah. And obviously Mum, Arthur and Olive yep. were there as well. Continuity thrown out completely in those films. <laughs> in the first of the films, for instance, I know we're, we're doing sitcoms, but we can divulge into the films a little bit. Well, they're comedy films Down based there. on a yeah. brand sitcom. And I think that in the first film, Olive gives birth to the first child. So it's the nephew of Stan. And towards the uh, end of the episode, she's pregnant again or i believe uh in the first or second second of the films but of course by the time the third film rolls around when the child's older the the second potential child is just not re- mentioned it's, it's gone um <laughs> what's also odd about those is in the tv series arthur and olive actually divorce 
They divorce between series six and series seven. Arthur, yeah. Michael Robbins, is, isn't featured in series seven. Arthur's gone, gone he's gone off. Out. Olive's got a divorce. In the film, obviously, they're still together, come the third film, yeah. which isn't chronologically, they're not chronologically linked, no. basically. I think they're just standalone features made by Hammer, Hammer Horror yes. fame. Well, Hammer Studios, obviously, which, obviously more famous for making horror Well, films. I think there's, to my knowledge, and I will bow down to anyone who corrects us on this, only three Hammer comedy films, which was the Three on the Buses movies. Blimey, did not know that. I think, I think, I think everything else was Hammer Horror. Mind you, you look at Blakey, he looks like he's coming out of a horror film. Isn't he? That was the whole point, wasn't it? Oh, Dracula. Yeah. That was the whole Which, ironically, uh, in, in one of the episodes, I love it, in one of the episodes, um, he's standing by a, a poster that's on the side of the bar, and the whole point is that he looks like Dracula who's on it. And actually, that's for the Cliss Pavilion in South End. Wow. Yes. That's, <laughs> that is very local. That is, that is very local to us. Uh, oh, you, brother. Oh, you, brother. Can't believe there. So, come on, name another. One name another another brown sitcom. What you got for me? Well, I want to still talk about on the buses because looking back, how so? As a children, as we were looking back now, slightly creepy that Stan is. Uh, what you mean a sort of 45, you know, 50 year old man. Year old man still living at home with his mum, chasing young dolly birds? That's something creepy about it. I think. Well, yeah. I always think that with that particular program, it was never referenced how old they were. As far as I know, again, I, I will bow down yeah, to anyone who mentions this, but to, I don't think it was mentioned. A reference their age, do you? No. When you look at them. Oh no, very much they're, not. They're almost pensioners. Yeah, but also Arthur and Olive live in there with Mother as well. Yeah, but that could just be like a financial situation. They can't afford a mortgage, let's live with your mum. Yeah, it's very possible. Whereas Stan's just living at home with his mum, <laughs> chasing dolly birds. Except in Series 7. When he's like 50 years old. In Series 7, Reg Varney, obviously the main driving force behind the show, had actually left the show midway through Series 7. And the character located to Birmingham to work for a car <laughs> factory, which, let's be honest, it must have been related to the British Motor Corporation, yeah. British Leyland, whatever you want to reference it as. Um, it went through various... Made. iterations yeah. that was the whole point was that that character had gone off because in the 70s the British car industry the British car industry was huge in the 70s and everything was British Leyland brilliant so the character went off to work because he could get more money working in a in a Birmingham car factory so series 7 was slightly odd especially halfway through when yeah the main character the main actor left and they actually moved they moved Blakey into the house with Oh Olive Arthur, as, very as someone now. renting a room, oh, as, dear, as dear. yeah, just renting a room there, yeah. and of course Jack, next door neighbour, ex best friend of Reg, constantly round. Ironically, I think that um, Blakey and Jack, the actors portraying them, actually wrote most of Series Seven. They also they had wrote a few episodes beforehand, mm. but they they always worked together. They when they write wrote they wrote together. Yeah. So they always worked as a double act in terms of their writing, and they actually wrote most of that Series Seven. And I think George Layton as well, who we mentioned earlier, I think he actually wrote a few of the episodes for. For some of the series on the bus, yeah, especially the later did. ones. Yeah. Again, in his comedy partnership, writing partnership that he had, I can't remember who it's with. Tended to work as a double act. And I think he he again wrote some of those. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> anyway, look, I could go on forever about about on the bus. I really could. Yeah, I'm gonna leave that one. To yeah. You, what what have what else have you got? What's um, what's uh, next? What about our friends from Oil Drum Lane? Ah, okay. I know where you're going with this. Go on, go do, for it. Do, <laughs> that's and Son. Um, interesting. Originally black and white. Mm. The first few series, three three series yep. maybe, three, four series, something like that. I think that Harry H. Corbett wanted to move on and go into more serious acting. Yeah. I think parts were scarce. He was so associated. But he was another with, one who's with them, you the, know. The, the, the sort of crying uh, clown type 
character, wasn't he? He had a lot of demons and yeah. alcohol and all that I sort think of so. stuff. I think so. I think he's quite a pain, but I know that he wanted to go into more serious acting, and he, yeah. and he tried with a few a few various things. And I think in the end, the BBC had such high ratings that they just brought them back in for the what I could, the colour episodes. Yeah. I would, you can reference it as the black and white episodes, and then the brown episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> very on topic. <laughs> with uh, in the bar feet and the pickled onions. <laughs> yeah, dirty old man. See, yeah. I have to admit, of all the episodes, my favourite is when they divide the house into. Yes. I, I, I absolutely say, yeah. love that. There's a turnstile into the kitchen and yeah. up the stairs, and, uh, Harold wants to watch the opera wherever he is, yeah. and his dad wants to watch the football or something They've like that. They've got the TV. One of them, I think, has got the the channels, if you like, the knobs on the TV for the channels. Yeah. The other one's controlling the, the sound, I think. Yeah, yeah the volume. That's right. So it's a stupid thing. I mean, who would actually divide their house up quite like that? Because, again, this, this is a theme we go back to with these sitcoms, that there's always a character who's trying to... has middle-class aspirations. Better themselves. Better themselves. So, obviously, yeah, Harold didn't want to be a, a rag and bow man. No. Or the son of a rag and bow man. I think and he his was, father was always holding him back. Yeah. I think he, the character of, of, of the dad, I think, done whatever he could to keep him. Yeah, to keep yeah. him there with him. And, I mean, you could look into it deeply and you, know, you think that one person's just trying to bed themselves and the other one is scared of change and just trying to keep the other one with them. I think if you look into it really deeply, I think it does come down to that. But I think that's where Gordon's, Gordon and Simpson, I think mm. they, they wrote that, didn't yeah, they? Gordon's. Obviously, many other shows as well. But I, well, I, think, that, I think they, again, this is my surmising of, of their writing. I don't know. I, I've no real insight of this, obviously. But I think they did that deliberately. They had this character who was trying to bed themselves and this other one who's, who's so scared of change is just trying to keep them but of course brought to life by Harry H. Corbett and Wilfred Bramble yeah because there was also a spin-off was it Step Time Sun Rides Again? well no there was there was two films Step Time Sun and Step Time Sun Rides Again yeah because isn't that the one where Harold meets the, the exotic dancer and he is going to go for Mario I think that's the first of the films yeah that like spoils it and that got yes. quite sort of dark it did. What I, I mean, remember. Ironically, when you look at the series, you can laugh at them and you can laugh at the films, but I think the films are a sense darker. Maybe the series is actually darker when you, when you actually watch it properly, properly, some of the things going on. But if you just have a, have a quick glance, so to speak, I think the film's got a darker context in mm. that respect. Um, him just trying to spoil everything. And I think the second one is... I think the second film, The Rides Again, is a bit more back to form, because I think, if memory serves, that's the one with the racehorse with the glasses. They, they, they get, uh, they get a, a, yeah. a greyhound, yeah, it's kind of back to um, and they put spectacles on it because it can't see. It's more traditional steptoe comedy, so to speak. It's more out, outlandish, stupid humour. Yeah. But it works, don't get me wrong. Well, one thing to say about that, you disgust me. <laughs>